immortal, invisible, the only wise God. We come boldly to your throne today once again to offer unto you sacrifices of praise and worship the fruit of our leaves. We proclaim that there is none like you among the gods, among the kings of the earth. None can be compared to you. You alone, you are worthy, Lord. Receive glory from us. Receive praise from your people today. From the depth of our heart, we adore you. Lord, we enthrone you, Lord, over this meeting. Come and have your place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Spirit of wisdom. Spirit that teaches us the mysteries of the kingdom. Let the eyes of understanding be enlightened. And let the entrance of your word bring us light. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You are all welcome into God's presence. And those of us watching, watching us on Facebook live, streaming, you are also welcome. And thank you for participating in our programs. God richly bless you. I know you'll be blessed today. Well, um, we are still in the season of our thanksgiving. Now, those of you who doesn't know what we're doing, it is a tradition of this ministry and has become a covenant between us and God that every first week of the new year, we set that aside. We come to God with our offerings to say thank you. Why do we say thank you? So many reasons. Many, many people died last year. We have been spared by the grace of God. Many went through difficulties. Even as we even went through difficulties, we made it into the new year. There have been series of divine interventions that God wrapped in our lives. And with many, many other things that the Lord has done, we set that day aside to come with our thanks offerings to say thank you Lord. But this year we noticed that normally during the first week a lot of people are unable to participate because of maybe they just came out from the Christmas and they are not prepared for the new year. So we extended it to the whole month. So those who are ready they bring their thanksgiving the first week. If you are not ready in the first week, second week is there for you. If you are not ready in the second week, the third week is there for you. If you are not ready in the third week, now we are in the fourth and the final week. And by the grace of God, we expect that everybody will participate. God doesn't need our money. But just like the one Ten leopards who were healed. The Lord expressed so much delight with the one that returned. To the extent that he asked, I healed ten people, but only one came back. So we don't want the Lord to register his displeasure with us by not showing gratitude. Amen. Amen. So we create the opportunity for as many as who seize that opportunity to come to the Lord's presence with an offering to say thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, uh, today I will be speaking on a subject. The blessings of a fulfilled vow. The blessing of a fulfilled vow. A vow is a voluntary promise which once made must be paid. 
Now, in the book of Psalm 116, verse 14, 17, and 18, we saw David in this particular psalm, and he said, I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now, in the presence of all his people. Verse 17 and verse 18 says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 18, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. And this was David. Now we make many vows, we make vows for different kinds of reasons. There are varieties of circumstance that prompt us to make vows. Some make vows as a sign of gratitude. God has done so much and you just want God to know that you are not ashamed to partner him in his service. So, you don't make vow because you need something. But this category of people, they just want to express gratitude to God. So they come to God and say, when God blesses me, every time, every month, I will support his work this way. Now, sometimes they don't even need anything. But then there are others also who make vows because they are in pursuit of certain expectations of mercy. And so because of that, they are prompted to go beyond the ordinary to make vows. But no matter what prompts you to make your vows, when you vow, you are expected to pay. Praise the name of the Lord. There is no better way to express our gratitude to God than to come back to him with our vows in our hands. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, when you read the scripture carefully, in Psalm 116, verse 14, David emphatically said that I will come back again to pay my vows. Vows are debt. Once they are made, they are debts. And you must pay. Once you open your mouth, to say to God, I, I, I want you to do this for me. And if you do it, I will do this for you. Once you open your mouth, you must pay. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because it has become a debt that must be paid. Now, if you don't pay, God see it as you playing the fool with him. Now, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 the Bible have this to say it said when you make a vow to God do not delay to pay it now look at the word delay some time ago not, not, not long from not quite long from today I explained to you the reason why you don't delay because when you delay in paying your vow, the essence, the reasons, the agency at which you should pay, suddenly loses, you loses that. That agency is lost. And when the agency is lost in your heart, there is a tendency that you will default. Because you have lost the agency, the tendency. Because when you create gap, Satan enters in and then deceive you to procrastinate to make sure that you don't pay. Thereby attracting the consequences. Now, the Bible says when you vow, when you make a vow, 
Okay, he said, when you make a vow to so God, do not delay to pay it. Then he said, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Somebody said, hey, if that is the case, then I will not vow at all. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you must know that vows are not compulsory taxes. They are voluntary promises. Nobody putting pressure on you. But you see, if you don't vow in your life as a Christian, there are certain levels in life that you can never get to. Vows are highest form of prayers. And so when you make those vows, it gives you an advantage to be placed at places to access certain things that under normal circumstances you will never have gotten it. For example, I give this uh, illustration at the first service. I'll give it to you. Suppose we are all going to the gate. Just this, this gate. And some are walking. Others are clawing. Eventually, we all get to the gate. But some will get to the gate. Fresh. Strong. Healthy. Others will get there. Dirty. Wounded. Sweating. So, in life, you choose your own mode. By which you want to deal with God. Amen. There are people in life. You don't understand. But they are far ahead. They have a secret. One of such people like, is like David. He makes vows. And he paid his vows. And so God lifts him. Propels him. Promotes him. Elevates him in life. That ordinary people may not understand. There are different kinds of covenants. We have the general covenant. That you can have with God. Those covenants. Was enacted by the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died. He enacted a general covenant. For all mankind. Those who access those covenants. Are those who accepted Jesus. As their Lord and personal Savior. Then they became a direct recipients. Of that covenant. But then apart from the general covenant. That every Christian has with God. You must also. And act your own covenant. You need your own covenant with God. And that is a mystery. That is the difference between. That is the difference between Christians. It's based on covenant. The difference between Christians. Is their personal covenant. With God. Some people get up in the morning. They come to church. They come and drop offerings. Nobody asks them to do that. They have their personal revelations. And it's working for them. Some people, they do something mysterious. They make sure that church wants to buy something. They want to pay half of it. They want to make sure they are part of the ministry. That's a covenant. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you vow, you must pay. If you want to move into certain realms in life, and you fast, you pray, and nothing happens. You praise and worship, and nothing happens. Change to vows. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? Amen. And pay your vows. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There are people. I call them sorry debtors. They make vows. And then they come back to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Now, those people, 
God looks at them and they see them playing the fool with him. And they will pay dearly for it. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we gave an example in First Samuel chapter 1 verse 20 to 28 about Hannah. Now we're told in that particular scripture that Hannah at a point in time from the from beginning had a rival. Now this rival has children but she doesn't have. In fact, she was buried. And the Bible declares that this rival kept mocking him, mocking her, ridicule her with her children. Year after year, they keep going to the same place, Shilom. But one day as they went to Shilom, Hannah decided to do something he has never done before. He went into the temple and he started praying. And whilst he was praying, his lips were moving but there was no sound. So the priest misunderstood her to be a drunkard. Sometimes you alone knows what you are going through. Those who doesn't understand what you have been through, what you are going through, sometimes they misinterpret your actions and they judge you wrongly. But Hannah alone knows the difficulties, the shame, the embarrassment, the reproach that she was going through. And sometimes you go through things that you can't express in words. So she said to the king, uh, 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 to the, uh, the priest, the high priest, do not look at me as one of the worthless women. I am not drunk. But I am, my heart is full of sorrow. And I have decided to come and enter into covenant with God. What did Hannah say to God? Now when you look at the Bible, he said, so it came to pass, so, so Anna asked God to give him a son. And then he, God, he, Adam, who gave the son back to him. You give me a son to take away my reproach. And then I will give this child to you for life. And that was a vow. So the Bible said, it came to pass. Everyone say it came to pass. Say it came to pass. God is a covenant keeping God. God is faithful to his promises. So he came to pass. What came to pass? The Bible said, in the process of time, that Anna conceived and bore a son. Can you lift your two hands? Say in the process of time. Say it again. In the process of time. Sometimes. When you ask God something. Just listen to me. Put your hands down. When you ask God something. We may be expecting him to do it now. Sometimes. We want. We, 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 we envisage. That it is going to happen next week. But God has his own timing. Hallelujah. Amen. And sometimes the reasons why God delays certain blessings because certain blessings can become your tragedy. For example, there are certain, some of us here you may be asking God for a certain type of car. That car will end your life. Not because you had an accident, but because it now will cause people to, be caused to, to begin to envy you and jealous you. And those who are evil personalities in the spirit, out of jealousy and envy, they will begin to fight you. And if you are not strong enough, you may die. I'm asking to somebody here now. So, Certain cars that you get at a particular time will end your life. 
So sometimes you ask God for something. He doesn't give you immediately. He gives you in the process of time. Now why? Because before God gives it to you, he must go ahead of you to kill some people, to move some people, to push some people out. Sometimes God must train you in order to be strong enough to defend what he has given you. So all of this comprises of that take some time but in the process of time what you have asked God will happen how am I speaking to somebody here now say process of time it will not come today it will come tomorrow if it doesn't come tomorrow it will come next week if it doesn't come next week it will come next year but in the process of time that miracle will happen to you that miracle will happen so in the process of time, Hannah conceived. Hallelujah. Amen. It didn't happen when she was expecting. But it happened in the process of time. It happens in God's own time. Can you lift your hands up? Say in the process of time, my miracle will become a reality. Open your mouth. Say in the process of time, my miracle will become a reality. Say it aloud. In the process of time, my miracle will become a reality. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hannah conceived. And she gave birth, and she born the son, and, uh, 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 and called his name Samuel, and friend, Samuel. saying, "Because I have asked him from the Lord." Move it on. Now the man Elkanah and his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. So it means the wife, the, hus the husband, also made a secret vow. So, so why is the woman made a public vow? The, the man. Can you imagine that? Can you, so they cannot go from left and right. And so the man went and fulfilled his vow. But Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Somebody will have said, Okay, I promise the Lord. So let me take the child. But then this is a unique case. This was a baby who is so weak. That need to be nourished. In Elikane's house, there was no woman there, lactating mother there. That can produce milk to feed the baby. So she decided that she doesn't send a weak baby to the house and of God. She took a time to nurture the child. The child grew up, became refreshed and strong before she sent the child to the house of God. Now, what happened? Hannah did not go. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. And the Bible said, Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, a of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shilom. And the child was young. She pledged to give God back the son. This time around, when she was sending the son back, she added certain things. She added bulls. She added flour. She added wine. This was a person who was so grateful and was willing to express that gratitude by enemies. Praise the name of the Lord. When we 
vow to God, we must come back with willingness to pay the vow. You can't beat God in giving. Am I speaking to somebody here now? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything we owe, He gave it to us. Giving it back to Him is an expression of gratitude. Am I speaking to somebody? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But you see, when you study church history, you discover that Hannah, after sending Samuel to the temple, giving him out as a fulfillment of his promise, of a promise, as a vow, according to the Bible, Hannah gave birth to three more sons and two daughters. Somebody who was once upon a time a barren woman and it looks as if all the doctors have concluded that she could never bear. Now look at what has happened. When she gave God, she and went back to pay a vow. The floodgates were open. And out of a barren womb, five human beings were born. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You cannot beat God in giving. Am I speaking to somebody here now? Amen. So there are times that even though it is risky, you need to vow. You must make a pledge. You must vow something. You must thank God. Either you vow secretly or you vow, you vow publicly. But you must be willing to pay the vow. Because there are certain kinds of situations, that only vow, that only answer to vows. I must speak to somebody here. Amen. So vow is the highest form of prayer. You need to do it. It's a necessary, we can't say evil, it's a necessary good. A necessary good. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody here now? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me move further to Judges chapter 11. Verse 30. So here we saw how a barren woman became a fruitful woman by vows. Because she came back to pay vows. Now, Judges chapter 11. Verse 30. 31. 34 to 36. Now, and Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. So you see another person. She made a vow to the Lord. And said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then I will it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the laws and I will offer it up as a bent of Sometimes out of desperation we seem to make senseless vows. But whether it is senseless or not, once it has escaped from your mouth, you must pay. Now, this man called Jephthah was driven from home because they said he was a bastard. So the half sisters and brothers they drove him out, and he became a vagabond. Maybe you may be listening to me. Your situation is like Jephthah's situation. You have been driven out from home. Your parents don't want to see you. Your mother doesn't want to see you. Your father doesn't want to see you. Your siblings doesn't want to see you. But ladies and gentlemen, can I say something to you? Your gift will make room for you. Hallelujah. There is something inside you that will make room for you when people reject you. Jephthah Became a kobolo. No, a kobolo. A vagabond. A kobolo. And do you know 
in his state of uh, in that state he raised young men and he started training them in the forest he developed them to be bold to be vigilant to become strong he has his own army <laughs> praise the name of the Lord Hallelujah. sometimes what people meant it for evil God can turn it for good I'm I speak to somebody here now so don't worry about the situation you are going through God who's in heaven and is in charge of our lives everything that is happening to you is working together for your good God can turn an evil intention to favor your internal cause then he created a war. Israel had war. War, war. Now the children of Israel were afraid to fight. They have kings. They have army. But they were afraid of the people. Now they came together. And they said, we needed somebody to lead us. And then somebody said, let's go for Jephthah. Oh, I see your family coming back to you. I see your parents coming back for you. I see those who have rejected you coming back for you. Your gift will make room for you one day. Hallelujah. Don't kill yourself because you have been rejected. You have been abandoned by men. Ladies and gentlemen, God is wiser than your enemies. Nobody's destiny is in the hands of another man. Your destiny is over your own head. It is in your gifts. It is in your calling. If you take your eyes off from men and look out to God, your destiny will make room for you. I must speak to somebody. Are you listening to me? He left the house that his father built because they drove him away. But in the midst of nowhere, they came back for him. When things became hard, and you didn't have money today, when family meet, they don't call you. But the time is coming, like David, they will say they will not sit down until you come. Yes. How many of you know they forgot about David? When opportunity for kingship came, the father forgot he has a son. Because probably he was not like the other children. He was not as talented as the other children. He was not preferred by the father. But the, son, the, the prophet said, Do you have another son? The father has to be reminded that he has a son. Before he says, oh, that one, oh, he's in, in a bush. He's taking care of the cattle. And somewhere said, nobody is sitting down. We are not sitting down until he comes. The one that has been rejected has, been, has become the chief of the corner. The stone that the builders rejected. And I am looking at stones that have been rejected. But very soon, that stone shall become the corner of the house. I said, that stone shall become the corner of the house. Maybe society rejected you. You didn't make your mark. Your children did well. Uh, your siblings did well in school. And you didn't do well in school. And people start looking down on you. But God has hidden something from them. There is something inside you that one day will make you a chief cornerstone. A chief cornerstone without you, the building will never be completed. And God is working out something. Something is being working out behind the scene. You have been abandoned, you have been rejected, you have been cast out, but something is working out behind the scene and one day the family will have a meeting and they will say where is Asimasi and they will say he's yet to come and the Abushapenyi will say this meeting is not starting until he comes I said this meeting is not starting until he comes we are not beginning the meeting 
Am I prophesying to somebody? We are not beginning this meeting until Kojo comes, until Adwa comes, until Aku comes. We are not starting this meeting. Ah, I think I'm prophesying to somebody here. I feel I'm prophesying to somebody. You have been abandoned. Don't cry. You have been rejected. Don't. Look, the Bible said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will lift me up. It is when you are rejected that is when you qualify for divine exhortation. When my mother and my father forsake me. Don't kill yourself because somebody forsake you. Don't kill yourself because your husband drove you away. Don't kill yourself. Don't say I am not beautiful. Don't say I am nothing. I am worthless. Don't end your life. Ladies and gentlemen, don't end your life. Because if you have... Look, look let me tell you something. They accuse you to say, say If you have not died, you don't know what you are going to get. <laughs> There's oh, yeah. something inside you Baby, that one day will make you ah, the chief cornerstone. Yeah. And without you, their building will not be complete. And that was the case of Jephthah. Now they don't know where you are. You know, most people can have children, they don't even know where they are. Because to them, it amounts to them 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 nothing. But one day, whilst they, they are watching the news, They'll be watching the news and then they see an image. Hey, an international figure. They look at her. They say, Then they look at the cell name. Say, Ah. You can put your name there. You can put your name there. I like that. You can put your name there. They don't know where you are eating. They don't know where you are. They don't know, but they cast you away. But God is preparing somebody who accepts you just as you are. He will prepare you and nurture you. And God will use him as a destiny helper to give you what it takes in life. Can I prophesy to somebody? And one day on the TV, before their very eyes, that person, that family member, that daughter, that daughter who never had anything, who never qualified, never had degree, because of that they rejected her, they rejected him above the rest. Here is that daughter on the television receiving an international award from American presidents. Then we shall see don't kill yourself because you have been rejected. They cast him away. But he has something from God. He was vigilant. He was bold. And that is what his gift. Who told you that everybody needs degree before they can become something? Who told you? Go and ask Azuma Nelson to show you his degree. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Give Jesus a magic clap of I said, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Not everybody will have degree. If you have degree, praise God for your life. But not everybody will have degree. There is something in you that is more than a degree. It is your gift. It will make room for you. So they went and called him. When they called him, they said, come and be our leader. They said, oh, you have come back. Oh, my You drove me away. When you read the story, that he said, you drove, you drove me away. And now, when it is difficult, it's tough, you are, you are coming back to me. They said, oh, please. We are, we, we are ready to serve you. He said, you, you will serve me. He said, okay, when I defeat the enemy, Will I rule over you? Will I become your, your judge, your prime minister, your governor? They say yes. Do you know what? The man is a wise man. Then he ran to God. Say, Radi. Wait there. This one. Something must happen, Lord. I cannot do this. There is an opportunity. Radi. Hello. Hi. And so he went and made a vow. Then he said to God, Give him a study again. 
He went to God and said to God, verse 30, then it then Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver the people of Amor into my hands. If you are suffer, there was somebody some, there, there are people because there are opportunities. They don't want to share with anybody. They will not even vow. They will go and die. They will go and die. This man is a wise man. He said, this one I will miss. But I'm a prayer. The way I've suffered in this wilderness. Let's partner. Let's partner. God, God, let's, let's come and together. that was a wise decision. So do you know what happened? And Jephthah made a vow unto the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the laws. And I will offer it up as a pent of that was a desperate man. How could you say whatever? Maybe I, I, I presume that he have a lot of uh, goats, dogs, cows, and every time he goes out, when he comes, it is the dogs that meet him. And he wanted to be smart. God is smarter than man. And when he returned, look at what the Bible said. When you look at him, go go and read the whole chapter of chapter 11. When he made a vow, immediately the spirit of God came upon him. And he became filled up. Then he became wiser. He became bold. He became brilliant. And he went and fought. And won. Now when he won, he is now returning. It is time to pay the vow. And then look at what happened. And when Jephthah came to his house, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. The doctor have heard the news and I cannot wait. I cannot stay. I want my father to know how much I appreciate him. And for the first time, the doctor came dancing with tambourine instead of a cow, instead of a, a dog. And that was the only daughter doesn't have I don't even think he has a, a, a living with a wife. Maybe the wife died. Only daughter came and met him. And she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. If it were you, this is where the temptation is. Washebo. You have vowed. And it's time for you to pay. Now, what dying can and What do you do? Ah, the uh, landlord says today, I'm taking my money. What will you do? What do you do? The landlord comes and he said, I've changed my mind. I gave you one month. I've changed my mind. I need the money right now. So, oh, I'm taking, he said, I need the money now. I have an emergency. I need the money now. What do you do? That is where people change their mind. Your God is merciful. God is kind. And now you begin to oh, give yeah, God yeah, a lot yeah. of accolades. And that is where the problem is. That is where people <laughs> suffer consequences. <laughs> because the times that you are supposed to, that's what the Bible says, delay not. The time that you are supposed to pay, if you don't pay, Satan comes in and tell you, oh, I didn't cry as a check. Oh, if you don't give it to him, also for care, even the pastor has even forgotten. They've forgotten that it is not about the pastor, it's about me and God. The covenant is not between you and the pastor, it's between you and God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now look at what the Bible said. So, and it came to pass. 
When he saw her, that he turned his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You have brought me very low. You are among those who trouble me. <laughs> For I have given my word to the Lord. And I cannot go back. When you gave your word. So what they was even if it affects your daughter. You cannot go back. Then the doctors. Then, then he came. No, move it on. Verse 37. Then she said to her father, I know, see, that said. is a wise daughter that was created, that was raised up in the fear of God. And that is the reason why we all need to raise our children. Because when you are at a tight corner, it is a godly child that will bail you out. Then her daughter said to her father, let this thing be done for me. Let me alone for two months that I may go and wander on the mountains and bewail my virginity. My father and I. You no, know, the daughter has a plan to get married. Now, how do you say it? Now, I can't marry again because anything that you dedicate to God, no marriage. So let me go to the mountain and let me go to cry about my virginity that I am not going to marry anymore. So she went two months, went to the mountains. Amen. And then the Bible said, then she said, so the mountain and be with my, with my friends. So she went with the friends. They went and mourned. And then, verse 38. And so he said, go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her friends and bewailed her virginity on the mountain. Move it on quickly. And it came... And it was so that at, at the end of the two months that she returned to her father and he carried out his vows with her which he had vowed. So she had to pay the vow with tears. But it must be paid. You see how serious vows are. They are holy promises. You can't break it. Some of you, when you are dying, can I remind you? When you preserve my life, I will serve you the rest of my life. The rest of my life. Now, now you are healed. Are you serving the Lord? You come to church once a month. This coronavirus that came last year, different kinds of vows. Different some of you, you know you are going to die. If it's common Qatar, some of you, you drove your children away. You alone, you, you imprison yourself because you thought you had coronavirus. Now look at you. You are strong, healthy here. You are sitting down. You are not serving God. You are not serving God. When you are in trouble, Sometimes we make vows. And when we are out of the trouble, we forget to pay the vows. Some of you, when you became born again, you told the Lord, there is something that you want him to do for you. And when he does it for you, you are not going to sin again. Never. Some of you have even said that if you sin, God should kill you. If God will listen to that request, like some of you have gone a long time, there are some foolish requests God hasn't listened to. If God is to answer all, all prayers, He wouldn't be here. Eh? Ready? Oh. 
How many of you have made that? If I sin again, kill me. Me, your bunny. Because the fire is fresh, eh? Fresh. Fresh love for God. We call it first love. I know your friend or your brother. Oh, God, what I did for me. I'm sorry. You come to church and cry. Come and cry, sir. I will never do it again. And you give yourself three months. God, God is there looking at you. Some of you can't even look at my face. You see now, and it was so at the end of the two months that he returned to his father and he carried out his vows with her, which he had vowed. She knew no man. She knew no man. And it became a custom in Israel. The whole Israel said, wow. Israel said, wow. If they has broken the vow, God will have reversed the victory. And Israel will suffer the consequence. As for God, he will collect his vows. But because the lady decided to go all around, they made it a custom. And they celebrated her. May your generation celebrate you because you were faithful to your vows. Because of you, even when you die, may you become a memorial in your family, in your nation, in your community. Because you work with God in faithfulness, you kept your promise with God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There is a final thing I want us to talk about. And it was about Jacob. You know, Jacob stole his brother's Jacob. birthright. And the brother became wild. And he vowed to kill him. And he had to run away from his house. So he, he has an uncle by the name Laban. And he decided that he was going to stay with Laban. Far away from where his brother could ever see him. But the Bible says whilst he was on his way in Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter 28 verse 11 to 27 whilst he was on his way to Laban's uncle's house he had an encounter with God. He picked a stone and he slept on it as a pillow. And he had a dream of heaven. If God's hand is upon you, even when you sleep on the stone, you have good dreams. There are people who are sleeping on Vono Matres and with cushion pillows. And yet they are having nightmares. They're having nightmares. If God is with you, it doesn't matter the state you find yourself. He will be there. Now, so the Bible said it came to pass. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. And the Bible said, then he dreamt. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And his top reached the heavens. And there the angel of God were ascending and descending. Somebody sleeping on a stone. Having a revelation like this. Hmm. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seeds, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a dream. What a revelation. And then he said, Behold, the Lord said, Behold, I am with you. And I will keep you wherever you go. You are running away. And 
Assurance from God is coming to you like this. I'm done. But you see, anytime God gives promises like this, you must secure it. You must establish it with a vow. Many people have received promises and they have died. Unfulfilled. Now look at it. What, so he said, I'll keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. This was a dream. Then Jacob woke from the sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know. Ladies and gentlemen, there are places that look unassuming. Ah, there are people um, that are um, not appealing ah, but the Lord is with them so hallelujah Amen. I say the Lord is with this sometimes God can manifest at place you don't expect sometimes in this church we have seen dead people rising up in this church we have seen mad people be healed in this church we have seen cripples walking. And yet this is our building. We are not planning for a cathedral. Now if you check us by our building, you will not know that God is here. Sometimes, if you look with your human eye, you will miss God. So don't check people by what you see. Judge them by what your heart tells you. Amen. Amen. Because there are people you look at them today, you are sitting by them, tomorrow they will become your boss. Yes, they will employ you tomorrow. I must to somebody here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now look at Rabbi, and he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? Before you go to any church, pray. Bumpire. And ask God, say, show me what is there. I want to see the foundation of that ministry. If all of us will pray that prayer, if everybody will pray this prayer, like nobody will appear at the wrong place. He saw the place as an ordinary place, but that was the very presence of God. And sometimes you may see a church as an ordinary church, but that is the seat of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't judge by what you see with your physical eyes. You must judge by revelation. And so the Bible says, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone the stone he used as a pillow that he had put at his head set it up as a pillar and pour oil on top of it. What was he doing? He was raising an altar. He was raising an altar. Everybody need an altar. A personal altar. Your vows and your sacrificial giving will become an altar for you that will speak for you in times of trouble. Your vows and your sacrificial giving will become an altar that will intervene in the life of your children. Sometimes certain things that you do will become an altar. Abraham Abraham. He was a man of the altars. And because he entered into covenant with God, many generations came after him. And up to today, the Jews are benefiting. There is an altar you must raise by covenant through your vows and sacrificial giving. So that long after you were dead and gone, that altar will continue to speak for your descendants, your grandchildren, your children's children, your great-grandchildren. May the altar you raise today begin to speak for them. I say, may the altar you raise in God's presence speak to you, speak for your children in the times of need. When you were dead and gone, he raised an altar 
Everybody needs an altar. There are demonic altars where they put the blood of goats and cows. The blood of cows and goats. What can that do for you? If you can put the blood of Jesus on it. Praise the name of the Lord. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been loose previously. Then Jacob made a vow. He raised an altar. And on that altar, he made a vow. So he raised an altar and he put what he had. He had oil. He put it on it. And then he made a vow. Saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and cloth to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. That is not all. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. It means that I'm going to turn the stone I'm going to raise a house for God. I'm going to build God a house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tent to you. So I'll pay my tithe. Does this sound familiar? Because some of you listening to me, you have made exactly this is a sad vow. The difference between you and Jacob is that he paid his vows and you didn't pay. Now look at what happened. We all know that he went to his father's house, his uncle's house. He went through so many trials. In fact, the uncle was more crooked than him. You know, Jacob had a name Chita. The meaning of his name is 419. Sakawa. That was his name. But not knowing his uncle was a title holder. <laughs> hey, when he got to his father's his uncle's house, the man welcomed him. And then he said, Oh, you are my brother's son. Wow. Hey, we are going to enter into agreements. I'll pay you. Like this. Take care of my cows. And my I'll pay you. Then he told him how much he's going to pay. So, God has started working. The prayer I prayed has started coming. The first day, the first, uh, the first month, the man promised to give him, a, let's say, about 1,000 Ghana. He gave him 400. So, things are not that good. Next month, the following month, he gave him 350. <laughs> 10 times! And paid two and also son. And Jacob cried to God, and God said, This is a game. I'm giving you another strategy. So, so a champion. So, God gave him a strategy. And you, at the end of it all, he took all his uncle's sheep, his goats, because he entered into an agreement. And uh, he told the uncle that, okay, I'm not going to collect pay anymore. But I have, the, I have this, uh, uh, any, any one of the, uh, of the sheep or the cows that will give birth to That's mine. And the uncle looked at it and said, That's good. Since before you came, none of my sheep has ever given birth. He doesn't know that there is a champion. He doesn't know. And this champion is by now, he has a divine backing. And he did some tricks. And then when the the, cow, uh, the cattle and the goats are going to deliver, he positioned them some way to look at a certain color. And while they are looking at the color and they are delivering, they give birth to that. By the time the uncle realized, every, every cow that was born have one color, they all became ice. 
<laughs> he became Jacob's property. So he left his uncle's place because the uncle now wanted to kill him. He ran away with all the uncle's things. And then, but it belongs to him legally. He didn't steal them. And then the Bible said, when he came back in Genesis 35, I want us to look at Genesis 35, verse 6 and 7. And this is where I will end. Genesis 35, 6 to 7. And the Bible said, So Jacob came to lose. Now, you remember the word lose? Mm. That was the place that he had a dream. He came back to lose. And that is Bethel. Which is in the land of Canaan. Later on, he built there. And he and all the people who were with him. And verse 7. And so. And he built an altar there. So, you remember this promise? His promise was that if God took care of me, he gave me something to eat. I didn't return wretched. I'll come back to build. And he came back to build. No wonder he became prosperous. Those that honor their vows, they are moved from one level to a higher level. It is a necessity that you must make vows. And when you make vows, you must pay. And when you pay, you enter into uncommon blessings. You enter into uncommon blessings. There are blessings you will never enter into until you are a man who wants to work with God in the arena of vows. And when you make vows, pay and make another vow. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord.